Hey, bub. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Talkin' Snicked, the Wolverine Show. It's the best podcast there is at what it does, and what it does best is tell you about Wolverine. I'm your host, Ryan. Today's episode is... Well, if you've seen the episode title, you'll know that this is a special holiday edition of Talkin' Snicked. This isn't a proper Talkin' Snicked episode. We don't have a topic for today. I'm not walking you through a comic book storyline. We are here to celebrate Thanks Snickedin. Now, what is Thanks Snickedin, I hear you ask? Well, it is only the most sacred of holidays for us Wolverine fans. This is that special time of year where we all get together and talk about our favorite things that we are thankful for that are tied to Wolverine and the X-Men. And bub, I'm going to be honest with you right at the start here. I have nothing planned. I have no idea where this is going to go. I don't know how long it's going to last. I was planning to do this episode way back, even before Halloween. <laughs> and, well, it has been quite the busy few weeks at work, and I mostly feel <laughs> like strung out and that I can't handle podcasting right now. But a few weeks back, I had the extreme pleasure to be a guest host, not a guest co-host, but a guest host for my good buddy Brett Scott's podcast, Marvel Plus. And of course, I had to jump at the opportunity. I brought on my good pal, Kurt Schmidt, who, if you've ever listened to Snicktoons, you'll know he was a regular guest. And we have another podcast together all about Daredevil called The Cast Without Fear the Daredevil Comics Podcast. Nevertheless, I brought Kurt on as the special guest, and he and I talked nerdy stuff. And it was one of the first times in a long time that I got to sit down and just talk to my heart's content about something nerd-related. It wasn't X-Men because it was Marvel+, and we were specifically covering Season 2, Episode 5 of Loki, the Marvel, the Disney Plus show. Um, and it, it made me want to get back into podcasting and then works like, no, dude, we're going to burn you out for the next few weeks. So forget about podcasting. And here we are the day before the day before with the Eve, Eve, Thanksgiving, Eve, Eve. I don't that's, that sounds ridiculous, but here we are. I am in front of my microphone and I want to talk nerdy. I want to talk snicked with all of you fine folks. Now, the reason why I wanted to do this episode is back in September, we, for my day job, my full-time job, they had all of us start coming back into the office multiple days a week, not a full work week in office. We're still mostly working remote, but we are working in office. Uh, it's, it's a brand new office. 
that our company moved into, like after the pandemic shut us down and we all were remote anyway. So for a lot of us going into the office in September, it wasn't just going back to the office. It was actually going into a brand new office. And despite the fact that the new office is actually closer to my house, or at least at least travel wise, uh, my commute is shorter. It might be the same distance, but my commute is shorter both to and from by about half. Uh, but either way, I'm now back in the office. I can't have my iPad kind of off to the side playing YouTube videos while I work. Can't do that anymore. I have to have my phone in my pocket at all times. But being back in the office, having the kind of job where I mostly, uh, it, it's mostly a self-starter. I have work assigned to me and then I just get it done at my own pace uh, with deadlines and such. Uh, I'm able to spend most of the day listening to podcasts. And so I have used that time to attempt to catch back up on the Uncanny X cast because one of my special guests that I had on for Snicktoons, Mr. Steve Banvard, uh, was a big fan of the Uncanny X cast. He is taking on the Herculean task of going through on their Facebook group and doing just these massive, in-detail, in-depth write-ups of every episode. And it made me realize that of the you know 280-odd episodes of the Uncanny X cast, I've only listened to about 20% of what's out. So I've been going back through episodes of the Uncanny X cast to get caught up. Uh, I'm still in the 50s. <laughs> so I've got a, a long, long way to go. But the era of X-Men comics that they're talking about and the episodes that I'm listening to right now is kind of like the last time I was really super into the X-Men line where I thought it was firing on nearly all cylinders. And that was the era from like Messiah Complex through Second Coming. I thought the lead up from Decimation and then the lead up to Messiah Complex was excellent. And then most of the stuff that came between Messiah Complex and Second Coming was really good. We had that first run of Wolverine's X-Force in there. We had X-Factor investigations kind of start a little bit before Messiah Complex and then kind of blossom into its own thing. Um, and so listening to them and being like, oh man, I love that era. I'm going to revisit that era and seeing that I think on Marvel Unlimited, they finally have the complete second Peter David run of X Factor. So starting with the Madrox miniseries and then going into X Factor number one, all the way up through when he finally leaves the book for the last time. I think they finally have all of that on there now. I think last time I tried to read it, they were miss still missing like big chunks. There were like 70 odd issues here and there throughout the run that were missing. I think there was like even a chunk of like 20 something issues that was just not there. And looking through it myself, it seems that all of that is there. So I went back and I read the Madrox miniseries and now I'm about 12 issues into that X factor investigation stuff, or I think 14 issues. I'm, I'm a few issues away from getting to Messiah complex, but we're already on our way. We're well past the decimation. We're well past like the 198 
at this point. So we're getting close. We're, we're building our way to the Messiah complex crossover. And I've been super into this era and particularly the not Messiah complex itself, but all the stuff that surrounded Messiah complex, new X-Men X factor, all of that stuff. And then of course, leading into Wolverine's X-Force, like I've been going through and looking at some of that stuff. And another thing too, is I recently picked up the, uh, I've been playing a lot more of my Marvel legendary kind of dusted that off. And I've been playing a lot of that with my oldest son. And um, I've picked up a few expansions for it because I only, I have the base game that I got years ago. I got the X-Men expansion when it first came out. And then I picked up Dark City, which was another expansion that's like half Daredevil, which is awesome. And then the other half was X-Men for some reason, uh, X-Force really. Um, and so I picked that one up and that that's pretty much all that I've had. And I recently purchased the New Mutants expansion and the Messiah Complex expansion. New Mutants has arrived. I've played it. I dig it. And I'm waiting for Messiah Complex to get here. So that's kind of where I've been at with my X-Men fandom right now. Um, thanks to the Uncanny X cast and being like, oh yeah, that was a great era in X-Men. I'm going to go back and read some of that. And I think I'm going to read some Peter David X-Factor because, well, uh, ever since March and I covered his initial X-Factor run for Talking GC month, I've really been wanting to read more X-Factor and more Peter David stuff. So here I find myself uh, on this thanksnickting, being thankful for Peter David's X-Factor. And that's probably my big one here. <laughs> so that was a super roundabout way. And I didn't even make the point that I, I originally wanted to make, which was before I started re-listening to the Uncanny X cast to pass the time, I was re-binge listening to another favorite podcast of mine. It's a podcast that is half hosted or I get you know, co-hosted by one of my favorite podcasters of all time, a guy that I was fortunate enough and that I'm thankful was able to come onto my show as a guest, not once, not twice, but three times. And that is Mr. Rob Luther of Turtle Flakes, currently of Turtles Forever. And the podcast that I was listening to was The Retro Junkies. So this was, I believe, this was Rob's first podcast that he had started with like his childhood friend, um, Landon. And so the two of them started their podcast where they talked about retro video games and, and all that. And I remember when I first heard about this podcast, when I first discovered Rob through Turtle Flakes, um, I listened to what was out and they were, it was mostly disparate episodes i kind of noticed that they would kind of come and go when they were doing episodes would ebb and flow uh which is something that <laughs> i totally relate to and can understand because you podcast because it's fun and it's something that you can do and share with loved ones with with friends and family and sometimes life kind of kicks you and throws curveballs and gets in the way of that sometimes so you have to step back and collect yourself because you don't ever want the podcast to feel like a job because that's not what it's for. If it felt like a job, it wouldn't be fun. That would come across 
in the episode itself. The listeners would tune out. No one would have a good time. Cats and dogs living to get in it. Anyway, so I've been listening to a lot of the retro junkies and I, I'm finally caught up. I made it all the way through to their current episode again. And it was just a lot of fun going back and, and re-listening to old episodes. And there were so many other guys that would come on and do episodes with them that I'd forgotten about over the years. And one of the episodes that I listened to, they had, well, quite a few of them actually, but one of the ones in particular I was listening to, they had another host. So they had kind of a three host thing going on, like a little triangle of hosts. And that guy went on to host a different podcast also with Robin Landon and then eventually with his own co-host. And that was a podcast called Genesis Gems. So then I started listening to that one and I get to the episode where they talked about the the very first X-Men game on Sega um, and then also the Spider-Man X-Men game. So then for the last two months or so, I've been dusting off my Retron 3 and I've been playing all of my old X-Men games on the Sega Genesis and on the Super Nintendo. And that's been a lot of fun. Uh, So going back and just being like, oh yeah, like I was kind of getting burnt out on work. I was getting burnt out on stuff that was going on in the real world with with my life and with my family and our situation here and, and all that sort of stuff. And it was starting to become overwhelming. And one thing that kind of grabbed me about all these Retro Junkies episodes that I was listening to is even when they would go like a year in between episodes, Robin Landon always seemed to get together around the holidays, maybe not for, you know, the three main ones, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas, but they would get together at least once during the holiday season. And sometimes it would be Thanksgiving themed. Sometimes it would be Halloween themed. Sometimes they would do one that cover all of them. Maybe one year they would just do like a Christmas themed episode, but it was one thing that it it just struck me because it was like, even though these friends have, moved on with their own lives. They're living in different places. They're, they've got their own children that they're raising and families that they're growing and, and all these things. They would always get together for the holidays and just be thankful for their friendship and thankful for all of these things in their lives that they always are able to kind of fall back on when things get hard, you know, when, when times get tough and all that. And that really kind of stood out to me Uh, I'm not sitting here saying that like things are hard for me right now because that's not the case. I'm just work's been busy and I'm a little burnt out, Um, but otherwise everything's fine. But I just haven't really been feeling all that connected to my fandoms and and all of that. And and, and these episodes really just kind of got me to to sit up and take notice. Sometimes they would be back to back because they wouldn't have the time for like a whole year to podcast and they would they would do that. Other times I might I'd hear two or three episodes about random topics, and then it would be another holiday episode. And it just always, it uplifted me. And I always felt reconnected to podcasting and to all of my various nerdy fandoms. And I thought, I am going to just completely steal their idea and completely copy uh, copy their homework and do an episode where I just talk about some of the things in the, you know, the X-Men fandom in particular, not, not all of my fandoms, but just, you know, X-Men and, and, and Wolverine just in general. Um, but I mean, even that as a, as a fandom kind of encompasses a lot of things now because X-Men and Wolverine, well, they're not just comics and they're not just cartoons. 
there's movies, there's video games, there's tabletop games, there's role-playing games, there's books, there's, I think I already said video games, there's action figures, there's models, all kinds of stuff. Like a lot, even people that cosplay will just do X-Men themed cosplays, different characters and stuff. And like, and that would be it. Uh, It's just, it's, this it's one of these things that it's all encompassing and so anywhere you look no matter what your hobbies are you can find some sort of crossover with the x-men and so i i wanted to uh just spotlight a few things of the fandom that i am thankful for So hopefully those those last 15 minutes or so is uh, as rambly as I'm going to get. <laughs> I thank you all for uh, bearing with me as I kind of stumbled through that little backstory on how we got to this moment. Um, and I hope you like the little preview. I think what I'll do is, and again, like I've not prepared anything. I haven't really even thought about it outside of when I was like, hey, I'm thinking I might do this and then didn't really give it any thought again after that but what i think i'll do is go through and just name a few random categories uh and then something about that category x-men related wolverine related that i am thankful for so i think the categories here obviously would be an ongoing series or a mini series that i'm thankful for Uh, and of course in this case that was for me, not even it was an ongoing, so that counts. But Peter David's initial X Factor run, I covered it all the way back in March. I had just an absolute blast, and I have been like on an X Factor kick for the whole year. Uh, I've tracked down the Havoc and Polaris '90s team X Men, yeah, Marvel Legends X Men Legends action figures. I've collected the mini mates of the x factor team i have been i I guess indoctrinating i've been really pushing x factor comics onto my kids and uh, even my oldest son is actually currently making his way through that initial peter david run of x factor again so yeah if i had to pick an ongoing or a mini series that i am thankful for for this year I would say Peter David's initial X Factor run, although that would be cheating because really just any X Factor related book written by Peter David. Because as I'm making my way through the X Factor investigations run, I'm loving it. And I've only read this full run, I think one time. And most of it I read on Marvel Unlimited. Other ones I had to fill in the gaps through... uh, more clandestine means uh but this time i like i said it's like it looks like the whole thing now is finally on marvel unlimited i'm currently subscribed to marble marble it's late bub (laughs) so (laughs) uh, i'm currently subscribed to marvel unlimited and i'm really looking forward to like just reading the whole run in one fell swoop well not one fell swoop but like binge reading all the way through that entire run and like skipping everything else like when I get to Messiah Complex, I'm not going to stop and then read all of Messiah Complex. And then when I 
continue X Factor after Masai Complex, then read all that stuff. No, I'm just going to read X Factor all the way through. And when I get to random plot holes and stuff, I'll just have to use memory to kind of fill me in. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. So maybe I was lying when I said Peter David's initial X Factor run. And I just mean Peter David's entire X Factor run from volume one, number 71, all the way through, I, I, I don't even remember what the legacy numbering was. Um, and then I think they even switched it at one point to the original numbering when it hit like 300. And I don't remember where it ended. <laughs> so, oh, well. So that would be it for comic series. Um, I think I will move on to a video game, an X-Men video game that I am thankful for. And I have to go with X-Men 2 The Clone Wars. I am thankful for that game. That game came out, I think, 94 or 95. And no offense to the first X-Men game, but X-Men 2 The Clone Wars, so much better just so great. The sprites, the graphics, the hit detection, like all that stuff, the, the level design, the music, it was all, all so much better. But I think what makes X-Men 2 The Clone Wars stand out is that it's actually fun to play. It's challenging enough and it gets pretty punishing in the later levels. And no, I've never beaten the game without cheat codes, but it it's fun. Like the difficulty scales as you get better at playing the game, well, the levels are starting to get harder. So it's always going to be a challenge. It's just fun. It's a fun game compared to X-Men, which just seemed to beat you up all the time. And it was just poorly developed and, and all that. Like X-Men 2 The Clone Wars is so smooth and it runs so well. And it has such a great cast of characters. I mean, you've got the the three main dudes from the cartoon with not, well not three main dudes but like three really noticeable dudes from the cartoon in cyclops wolverine and gambit of course they also have beast in there so 90s x-men cartoon fans like myself we saw a bunch of characters that we knew of course they also have nightcrawler in there and they gave us psylocke um, which i guess kind of makes sense for like a, a platform like an action platformer where it's really just like run, jump, punch, and then mutant power. Um, I think of all the X-Men characters that existed at that time, if they needed a female character, then she was probably the best choice. Um, I think they probably could have put Jubilee in there and it would have been just as good. Although for the more adult fans, um, I think all of us preferred Psylocke to Jubilee. Um, so I can kind of see why they put her in there. Um, she's, she's probably my least favorite character in the game, but only because I really suck at using her psychic knives. Uh, but it was so much fun. Like I remember getting that game kind of towards the end of, um, not my fandom. That's not the right way to phrase it. But like, as I was moving from the X-Men cartoon being my favorite cartoon to like Spider-Man animated series being my favorite cartoon and, Wolverine or Nightcrawler or Archangel or who Cyclops or Kalat, whoever my favorite X-Men was at the time, kind of going away from that character and going into Spider-Man being my favorite superhero of all time and and this and that. So I I was kind of moving away from that, but I still got that game and loved it. And it like it turned me back into just such a huge X-Men fan and rebuying 
the Toy Biz X-Men toys, even though I was working on buying Spider-Man toys, going back and getting X-Men trading cards and stuff, Spider-Man trading cards. Like it just came at this great time where I'd like kind of forgotten about the X-Men a little bit as I was moving into Spider-Man towards like the end of 94 and then getting this game and being like, oh yeah, that's right. I love X-Men. Like I love the X-Men. Yeah, it's just such a great game. Uh, of course, I've been playing a lot of that lately thanks to the Retro Junkies and uh, Genesis Gems going back and just playing those old those old games. But of all the old games that I have in my collection for X-Men, um, X-Men 2 Clone Wars really takes the cake until we get to the X-Men Legends games on, I don't even remember what gen it was now, but it was like GameCube and Xbox 360 and PS2. I think it was just regular Xbox. It was GameCube, the original Xbox, and PS2. And uh, I had X-Men Legends 1 and 2 on my GameCube. And I love those games. I probably love those games more than X-Men 2 The Clone Wars. But nowadays, it's just so much easier to fire up the Retron, grab my controller, and kind of mindlessly play through a few levels of X-Men 2 The Clone Wars rather than going through and like throwing the disc in and waiting for everything to load and then trying to remember where I was and like what all my powers do and what level my team was at to, to play X-Men Legends. That's definitely one where it's like you kind of have to set aside like a weekend and just play through it. Uh, it's definitely not one of those like set it down, pick it back up, set it down, pick it back up. Unlike uh, X-Men 2 Clone Wars, which pretty much just always starts at level one whenever you turn the, the Genesis on. And you just play through. Of course, I always have to stop and Google the codes to let me skip levels. And I always like fast forward to the Magneto fight so that I can unlock him. And then fast forward to the Apocalypse fight because that's fun. And then trying to play through the levels after that and being like, oh, yeah, I'm really bad at these later levels because I never had a chance to practice on these things. As a kid, I never got that far. We didn't have Google. I couldn't just type in like X-Men 2 Clone Wars cheat codes. I had to go to the grocery store and try to find like tips and tricks magazine and hope that they have X-Men 2 Clone Wars codes in the back of the, of the magazine. And sometimes they didn't. Uh, yeah, those ah, the years before the internet when we had to get periodicals and things and wait for stuff. Oh, rough, rough times. So comics, video games, another thing that I'm thankful for when it comes to the X-Men is tabletop games. I have played Magic. I've I've known how to play Magic since it first came out in 1993. So 30 years ago, whatever month or day, we're probably around the 30th anniversary, probably passed it at some point this year. But Magic the Gathering was a game that I learned how to play relatively early, not very well. Like I, I knew the fundamentals and stuff, but I didn't really get into it uh, pretty hardcore until like middle school, high school. Um, but that's that's neither here nor there. My point is that I've always liked games that you play at the table, but like outside of, of Magic the Gathering, there weren't really a whole lot of like thematic games. I grew up playing like Monopoly and Clue and and, and, and Trivial Pursuit, those sorts of games. And then I thought it was really cool when it was like, oh, look, Star Wars Monopoly, that's great. Star Wars Trivial Pursuit, that's really cool. Um, it wasn't until much later that I realized that there are all kinds of different thematic tabletop games for Marvel and specifically for the X-Men. And 
the first one of these that I got was Marvel Legendary. And the only reason why I knew this game existed in the first place is because they sold it at like Target. Like I would see it at Target when I would go into the toy aisle. I'd go up and down, look at the action figures and the Lego sets and all that. And like, you know, in the toy section on the back wall is where they would have all the games. And it was like, oh, look, there's your all your, you know, Milton Bradley and Parker Brothers games. And I think Hasbro owns them all now. Um, it's like, oh, look, there's your clue and, and your monopoly and, and there's your operation and there's your battleship and all that. And then you'd kind of walk down. It's like, oh, look, here's some, you know, party games and stuff like categories or taboo or whatever. And then I noticed that there was a game that had Hulk and Captain America and Spider-Man and Iron Man and Wolverine on the cover. And this was, you know, early on in the years of the MCU when it was still good, in my opinion. And I, I know there are still people out there that think that the MCU is still good. And I'm jealous of those people. Um, but you've got this Marvel game. And I remember looking at it and going like, oh, it's a card game. Yeah, I don't know. Like magic's tough because you have to buy boosters and then you don't know what you're getting. And it's really a risk. And you might spend 70 bucks on a bunch of boosters and not get a single card that you were looking for. And yeah, maybe you get something that you can trade or, or sell, but that's when you're like 30, that's kind of a pain in the butt. It's different when you're in high school and there's like 20 other nerds that hang out in a, in a club and play and that you can trade with and stuff. Uh, or you can go into a game store and there's just nerds at the table playing magic and they're your people. So you can just go and, talk to them and befriend them. It's a little different when you're 30 and you're like, well, I'm never good. Like, I don't, I'm not, I never have time to go. Like I, I pick these up at the grocery store, these boosters at like the target here and I don't, I'm never going to sell them. So I just wasted tens of dollars <laughs> for, for stuff that I'm not even going to use. Um, so I kind of wasn't sold on the whole uh, card game thing until I realized that it's not a card game so much as a deck building game. And so if you buy the game, you have all the cards that you need in the box. There's not new cards. There's not boosters where there's this probability that you'll get something or not. It's just, hey, like if you want to play uh, as a, you know, you want Cyclops in your deck, he's got 14 cards. You just shuffle them in. Um, you want to play as Deadpool. You want to play as Spidey or Iron Man or whoever. You just shuffle it into the deck. And then as the game progresses, you build a deck for yourself with the cards that are available. And as I was watching videos of it on YouTube and stuff, I thought, all right, that looks pretty cool. I think I will pick it up. And this was maybe like 2013 or 14, I think when I first was kind of like aware that the game existed, but it wasn't until I think around 2017 when I saw that they were doing an, an X-Men expansion and then I was like, oh, I should really give this a shot and check it out. So I, I picked up the, the core set and I played it a couple of times. It's got a solo mode. It's for one to five players. So I was able to play it solo. Um, and I played a few times with my daughter because she was around 10 or 11 at the time. And so she was kind of sort of interested a few times. Uh, my other kids were like way too young to, to get into it. I think my youngest kid was like not even in school yet. And my older kid was like very young elementary. So I didn't really play it a whole lot. I got the X-Men expansions and then mostly played solo and then kind of lost interest. Well, 
fast forward several years and in 2021 maybe uh i had also picked up outside of marvel legendary i had started playing this game called dice masters because again at target i saw a starter set that was x-men so naturally i i bought it so i got into dice masters and then from dice masters i saw that they were doing uh, TMNT Dice Masters. So one day I was looking for TMNT stuff. I stumbled across a TMNT Kickstarter board game that just looked unreal. I ended up picking up the whole thing off of eBay. And a few years later, I'm on the internet and I'm looking for this alleged expansion that was supposed to drop for this TMNT Adventures board game. We were supposed to be getting an expansion for the Mighty Mutanimals. Unfortunately, IDW Games, the, the game company that made the game, went out of business and they stopped production and all that. And so we never got to see the Mighty Mutanimals game release, which is really too bad. It was going to be a sweet expansion and it's a bummer that it never came to pass. But as I was Googling, trying to find any information I could about the Mutanimals, the release date, whatever, I stumbled upon this game called Marvel United that was running an X-Men campaign. And at first I was like, oh, that's cool. Like an X-Men game. Nice. That's pretty sweet. Um, but whatever, like it's, I'm not really into games. I, I, I like them, but you know, they're hard to play. My kids are still kind of young, whatever. But it, I see it like start popping up in my social media feeds now all the time. Cause you know, the computers watch you and they know what you do. And they're like, oh, he spent more than 30 seconds on this thing. So let's spam him with ads for it now, probably something like that. And I kept seeing it every time I was going on to like Instagram and stuff. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to check this out. I'm going to go on to Kickstarter and actually look at this game and this campaign. And I saw it and was just completely blown away by all of this X-Men stuff. And it was like, hey, if you buy the main box and you buy this and this expansion box, you'll also get these extra free you know 100 characters and looking through these characters there were all these deep cuts like 90s x-factor original new mutants like random villains and stuff like it's just we had all this really cool stuff we had like feral from 90s x-force as one of the free characters to unlock like it was unreal the level of deep cuts that we were getting plus all the all the great good mainstream stuff that we had to pay for either way i, I back it i get all the x-men stuff finally arrives i play it i love it and i forget about it and then earlier this year i had no idea but a third campaign started it turns out the x-men campaign was actually the second campaign the first campaign was all avengers and spidey and all that stuff second one was all x-men and this third one was a mix of everything. And so I was able to follow along and there was enough X-Men stuff in there that I backed it and I'm, I'm getting all that stuff. But that campaign ended in, I think, April or somewhere around there. It was like March to April or it was February to March or something like that is when it ended. So we're talking like six, seven, eight months ago that this campaign came to an end. And it's not supposed to ship out until like spring of next year. So I'm sitting here like, oh man, like I really, it's not coming here. It's not going to be here for a long time still. So I'm going to see what else is out there. And I couldn't find anything else new to get 
so I was looking at my my games, looking at my shelves, and I thought, hey, you know, I haven't played Legendary in a long time, and like my oldest son has kind of like really taken to board games and tabletop games, tabletop RPGs, especially. He still does D and D every weekend. He goes and, and does D and D with his friends for a few hours, and then he's really gotten into Magic the Gathering. He he used to really love dragon ball super card game i recently taught him how to play dice masters like he's loving all this stuff so i said hey man like you like marvel united you like these characters i've got some x-force characters let's play a game of marvel legendary it has been a while since i've played and he's like yeah okay cool let's do it and that was maybe two weeks ago and so far of the let's see of the 12 X-Men villains that we have, we've gone through so far, played against and beaten seven of them. We still have about five that we have to play against. We've still not played against Apocalypse, Dark Phoenix, Deathbird, Onslaught, or Belasco yet. But we've played against quite a few of them. And we've played as quite a few characters. You know, we kind of mix and match and we'll try to pick a team or whatever. But it's been a lot of fun. Um, we just come up here... I've got a new table in my gaming room. And so we, we fold the table up and uh, throw the, the game board down, start shuffling our decks and whatnot, and uh, throw down a game or two. And it's just been a lot of fun. Um, it, it's a really fun way to bond with my kid by kind of meeting him halfway. Like, I really love all of these X characters. He really loves playing tabletop games. I've kind of found like that happy medium and it's, yeah, it's just a fun way to spend some, some good quality time with my kid. Um, every now and then my younger son will, uh, will jump in and play as well. Although his, his attention span still isn't quite there yet for the board games so much. He's, although he'll play video games with me, like at the drop of a hat, I'm just like, Hey, you want to play this video game? He's like, absolutely. Um, he's not quite there with the board games and stuff yet, but he's he's getting there. He's getting there. He's played a couple of these games with us, and and he's enjoyed it. So yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. So, an an X Men non video game that I am thankful for is Marvel Legendary, uh, made by Upper Deck, and I I know that the core set is still floating around it's still in production there's been like over 20 something different expansions in like the 10 years or so since this game's been around uh, some of them are pretty pricey but some of the more recent ones are still quite affordable and it's definitely something worth getting into they've gone through so many deep cuts when it comes to the marvel universe depend like regardless of what you're a fan of there's probably some sort of a Marvel legendary expansion that will have you covered. Like if you're a daredevil fan, you like the defenders and stuff. Well, you can pick up dark city. You can pick up noir. There are a few other expansions. If you're a Spidey fan, there's a Spider-Man box called, I think it's just called Spider-Man. And then there's another one that's called uh, paint the town red, which adds additional spider characters there's a Venom box. There's there's all kinds of stuff. It's It's been pretty cool. Uh, so looking at all of that stuff and, and then realizing that like since the X-Men one came out back in 2017, they've done two more 
X-Men centric expansions. Like obviously I had to pick those up. So uh, again, new mutants and Messiah complex. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for this stuff to get here and hopefully it'll hold us over until the next season of Marvel United arrives next spring. Um, and if that's not enough, then I've got some dice throne X-Men coming late <laughs> next year. Um, another Kickstarter that I backed this year. First time I've backed two Kickstarters in one year. So I hope it's not a trend, uh, but they keep giving me X-Men stuff. So I gotta, I gotta back it. I gotta throw my money out there when I can. So Marvel legendary, uh, it's a game I highly recommend. It's relatively thematic, but again, it's still built around deck building. So like every player starts off with a generic deck of specific predetermined cards. And then as you play the game, you can use those cards to purchase uh, other, you know, superhero cards from this pool of cards that every player can buy from and everything. And so you kind of strategically build your own deck that when you use these weaker cards to buy the good cards, then you can start mixing those good cards into your deck. So when you draw your hand, you've got all, you know, you've got these better cards and everything and you can put better combos together and you can use those to fight the villains in the city or fight against the evil mastermind and try to prevent his scheme and all that. So yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun and uh, Max is a really good strategist or tactician, one of those or both. Um, when I play by myself, I generally lose uh, and when I play with Maxton, we generally win. Uh, I'd be curious to see if he wins more or loses more when he, if he were to play on his own. Like, is he just good and he's just like lifting me up? <laughs> or or maybe there's like some synergy and we just bring out the best in each other, even though we both suck individually. I don't know. I'd be curious to see how, how he does, but oh well. So yeah, Um uh, X-Men non-video game I am thankful for is Marvel Legendary. So another thing about X-Men that I am thankful for, and I've not talked about it too much. I know that I've brought it up a few times in the past in different episodes of Snicktoons, I think, just having conversations with my guest, but... One thing about X-Men that I'm thankful for, I guess it's just I'm thankful for X-Men. And the reason why is pretty personal. So the story goes back to the late 2000s, the late aughts, you know, the, the pre-2010s. And I found myself a young man in his early 20s who was single and just kind of hanging out and getting by. And I happened to meet a beautiful young woman who was just the kindest and sweetest young woman that I could have had the chance to meet. And uh, we hit it off pretty quickly. We bonded over our mutual love of the office. You know, this was still very early on in the, the office's reign. So we're talking like maybe two, three seasons into the office. So um, there was still a whole lot of that will they, won't they kind of stuff with, I don't like, I know that people are still discovering this show, so I don't want to ruin anything. Um, but just speculating over the office and, and romances and stuff like that, we kind of built a little friendship and started spending time with one another. And 
one of the things about her is that she was a young single mom who didn't really have a whole lot of time to like go out and, and see movies and really just have hobbies. And uh, we would spend time together and she would ask the kind of stuff that I was into. And of course, you know, X-Men, like I I love the X-Men. And it was right about that time that the X-Men, the animated series was being released as, you know, five DVD, five volume DVD sets, you know, volume one through five. And it's, you know, each of the seasons and all that, usually like two discs and stuff for, for all the episodes, but they were finally releasing it on DVD as a way where it was like for the first time in my adult life, I was able to, to collect all of the episodes and watch them all in a row on media that was really easy to digest, you know, eight hours or so worth of, uh, well, not even that long, like uh, less time really. Cause it was a cartoon and they were all um, like, you know, 20 minutes long and stuff. Uh, but either way, like it was a, a really easy way to, finally watch all these episodes and it was something that i'd been looking forward to for a long time um so i told her i was like well you know i uh, kind of a nerd i like cartoons and i like video games and i like toys and, and all of that sort of stuff and so she's like all right well weird but hey you know uh what kind of cartoons i was like well there's this really sweet cartoon from when i was a kid that i absolutely loved and i had them on vhs up until i don't know few years ago when I get they were all lost probably when I moved out of the house or even before that maybe um, but you know it's it's an, it's a show that I, I've loved my whole life and that I haven't seen in a long time at least years since I've seen this and now the whole thing is on DVD I gotta pick it up so they came out went to the store picked up all five volumes probably not all at once probably like over a few paychecks I, I picked up all five volumes uh, but I remember like we, I would come over uh, or she'd come over and we'd just hang out and I'd throw on a disc of X-Men and we like, we worked our way through X-Men, the animated series. And, you know, she humors me and she's like, Oh yeah, I really liked it. She probably didn't like it even a second, you know, uh, but she humored me and she's like, yeah, I like it. It was great. Um, and I was like, well, if you think those are good, like there's light wall, not that it's not that these were better, but like, hey, there's also a live action movie series that's got some of these characters. Let's watch those. And so we watched the, I think it, the, this would have been 2009. So I think Wolverine, X-Men Origins Wolverine had just come out in theaters earlier that year. I don't even think it was out yet. So I think at this point, it was just X-Men 1, 2, and 3. And that's all that we had. Um, but we watched those a bunch and she liked those. And, uh, the live action X-Men series is kind of one that we've always continued to watch. And even now when I, if I'm watching one of the X-Men movies with my sons or whatever, or I'm just watching it cause it's July and I'm like, Hey, I haven't watched X-Men in like two months. I should probably watch the, the live action X-Men movies again. Um, she'll sit and watch them with me. Like even to this day, uh, you know, 14, 15 years later, she's like, Ooh, the X-Men movies. And she'll sit down and watch them. So, I guess what I'm saying here is I'm thankful for my wife (laughs) Um, for always like indulging my X-Men fandom, I guess, Um, placating me (laughs) in a way um, that makes me happy. Um, So I guess the the X-Men item that I'm most thankful for 
this thinks Snick Dean season is is my wife. Uh, but it didn't end there. You know, it, it didn't just end with watching the cartoon and watching the live action movies and then continuing on with the live action series until it came to an end. She never watched the Deadpool movies with me and she's kind of on the fence about whether she's willing to watch the new mutants. Um, and she certainly won't watch Legion with me, but she'll watch most of the X-Men movies and she will watch the gifted. We've watched the gifted a couple of times from, you know, it's only two seasons, so it's not too bad. Um, but yeah, we've watched uh, we've watched The Gifted a couple of times. I think most recently was earlier this year. We watched through seasons one and two of The Gifted, and that's cool. And like sometimes she she re- remembers characters' names or whatever. Like, oh hey wait, I think remember you telling me about that character or whatever. Uh, but it doesn't end with just v- visual media for X Men. When we got married because we got married quick like we met each other and we were like no this is it like this is we've met our matches and like let's just let's get our life started let's do it um we got married quick pretty much at the height of my like x-men animated series rewatching up until snicktoons uh we in in the early in the not early like in the mid to late aughts uh, there was this toy series that was mostly for little kids called marvel superhero squad they were just these little like two inch figurine type action figures and we used a cyclops and a jean gray as our cake toppers at our wedding and my at our wedding my wife and her mother so my mother-in-law um surprised me with an ice sculpture and it wasn't an ice sculpture of like a heart, you know, or like a, a ring or a swan or whatever you kind of ice sculptures you'd see at weddings. Uh, you could tell I don't go to a whole lot of weddings. Um, no, they got an ice sculpture of the X, just, you know, the X-Men X, the, the X in the circle. Um, I have a tattoo of that on my shoulder. It's the only tattoo that I have. Um, you know, I, I just, I, it's a cool symbol, you know, it's an X in a circle. It's, it's pretty sweet. Um, they got that for the ice sculpture for our wedding was the X-Men symbol. (laughs) So that was pretty sweet. And we actually have like this really high def photo of the ice sculpture, like framed on the wall in our bedroom. Um, and later on for our, I think it was like our 10th anniversary. My wife got me the X-Men issue of adjectiveless X-Men from the 90s where Cyclops and Jean Grey get married because she remembers that those were our cake toppers. And that was a really cool surprise. So I have that comic framed as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'll... It's I've I've rambled on um, for quite a while now. Uh, <laughs> really, this you know meandering episode. We're we're pushing not quite an hour, but we're almost there. Like we're within minutes of this being an hour. So I think I will call it here. My my the X Men item, the X Men thing that I'm most thankful for is my wonderful wife. <laughs> now. That being said, I did put out some feelers. Um, I, I mentioned in the Discord that I was planning to think Snickdeen 
episode, no one really responded with any feedback um, when I posted that. So no big deal. Uh, but I, of course, I told a couple other friends via text that I was doing this. And so one of my good buddies, uh, I've already mentioned him on this episode already, that is Kurt Schmidt. Um, he actually sent me a couple of things, not necessarily X-Men related, mostly just comic book related, um, which is which is great. He sent me a few things that he's thankful for. So Kurt Schmidt says, I'm thankful for oversized, super nice reprints. And I can get behind that because on our Daredevil podcast that we've recorded a handful of episodes for, uh, he has kind of shared it's we do it as like a YouTube slash podcast. And so in the video chat, he's shared um, some of the like Daredevil reprints that he has uh, these like oversized. And then I think there was a Spider-Man one that he recently had gotten. And those things are fantastic. Those, those, those things are so cool. Very expensive, <laughs> but definitely worth the money if you have um, to invest in those just because what they give you is so great. So yeah, he says, I'm thankful for oversized, super nice reprints, conventions, everyone in the family gets excited to go, and Marvel-themed Lego sets. So yeah, that is uh, those are a few of the things that uh, Kurt is thankful for. So Kurt, thanks for sending that over, and, and I was happy to read that. And yeah, like I said, Bob, I think I will will call it here. And uh, I do want to say one last thing that I'm thankful for, and that is each and every one of you that listens. I know that I've done this podcast. I was on social media. I kind of quit podcasting for like a year. I came back, took some more time off, came back. So I'm constantly leaving and coming back and leaving and coming back. And despite the fact that my, I don't like to use the word audience because it just feels weird. Um, But the number of you that kind of tune in and listen to these episodes, it's been pretty solid ever since I came back, especially when I came back and started doing the Snicktoons. yeah, usually not a whole lot, uh, but I do get tens of listens to every episode. Not quite hundreds, not like I used to get at the height when I was like on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all those places and like really peddling my podcast out there. Um, now I just kind of do it for fun. And I'm glad that there are tens of you out there who tune in and listen to every episode. Um, most of you I don't know in person. Uh, or, or really most of you I don't know, and even less of you I know in person that, that listen to this pod. So that's just really cool. Um, so thank you, every single one of you beautiful strangers who listens to this podcast. Thank you so much. Um, I do it for fun, and I do it when I feel like doing it, but I do still love to see the numbers of listeners, the the countries in which you live or where you're listening Um, It's just, it's really cool to see all of that stuff. And it it always puts a smile on my face when I see, Ooh, look, this episode broke a new, uh, a new record for listens and stuff like that's really awesome. So yeah, just every, every one of you who tunes in and listen, even if this is your first episode of, of talking snick that you've ever tuned in for, thank you for listening. It it really does mean a lot, even though I, I never hear your feedback. I never hear your criticism. Uh, I never hear your kudos, none of that stuff, but just seeing that you are all out there listening, it, it means a great deal to me. So I just want to say thank you all. 
So, Bub, here we are at the end of the episode. I hope this episode has found you well. I hope that this travel day, this busiest travel day in the U.S. has been going smoothly for you. If you are traveling, if you are receiving family and friends this year, I hope that they all arrive to you in peace. And I hope that you have a wonderful holiday. I hope that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and that no matter what's going on in your life, you are able to find something to be thankful for. As far as future episodes go, we'll see. Um, I definitely have plans, uh, but you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, one thing I've learned about myself is like, yeah, kind of podcast when I feel like it. Um, that's, that's pretty much all there is to say. I, I've got some things planned. Look forward to perhaps a new Snicktmas special coming next month. We are still patiently waiting for the X-Men 97 release date. That's what Landy is most thankful for, that we are getting an X-Men animated series revival because he says he's really looking forward to watching that with me because he remembers when he was very, very little sitting on my lap watching X-Men, the animated series. So I thought that was a really sweet thing for him to say. And uh, he's looking forward to, to X-Men 97. That's what he's thankful for that. It's coming. Um, We're still waiting on when that release date will be once we know, um, I can start firming up my plans for the all new, all different Saturday morning Snicktoons. We'll see how much time I'm able to commit to that. We might just stick with the same format that we used for Snicktoons, or maybe we'll try something different. Who knows? As for talking Snicked, also, who knows? Um, I I don't know. I, I'm not sure what I have planned. I don't know what's going on. We will see what the future brings. All right. Well, uh, you can reach out to me via email, talksnicked at gmail.com. Check the link in the show notes and come join us on the Discord server. And I think that's it. Until next time, bub.